Once upon a time, the TV was just a tiny black box in the corner of our living rooms. The four. Now you sit right down here. And don't you touch anything. All right, Mama. There's no other box of facial tissues like this. Sorry, friend. You old-style portables have to go. Bye. But these days, as those tiny black boxes turn to wallpaper, growing another inch bigger year by year, the chances are more of us are hearing the terms Ultra HD, 4K, and even 8K. When buying a new TV, the most important specs are its resolution, its size, and its price. 4K is a TV resolution of 3840 by 2160 pixels. HDR means that we can take more color and more contrast. HD is now becoming the norm, with SD and analog, a thing most millennials won't have even heard of. But what is the future of TV? And how will our appliances keep up the pace of consumer demand? Closing the shutters, uh, looking at the front door, um, a message while watching a, a movie. So there's a lot of things that TV will become even more a part of the new innovative living concept. Welcome to Satellite Stories. I'm your host, Christina Smith-Meyer. It's no secret that a big part of SES's success is down to the partnerships we form. Because in short, we can take the horse to the water, but we can't make it drink. Unless we've a team of farmhands to support us. And joining the dots, bringing ideas to reality, is something that fuels our organisation to keep growing. And just like you, as a TV viewer, I'm curious. And yes, I hold my hands up that I binge watch box sets on streaming sites too. But what really intrigues me is looking at why and where the next big trend is coming from. So on this episode, we discover more about hybrid broadcast broadband TV. We look at the future of satellite as IP tech continues to grow. And we consider innovation ahead of Japan's plan to film and broadcast in 8K for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. So what is the role of a TV manufacturer? How do they raise the bar to ensure more of us are experiencing that cinema quality at home in our living rooms? Cue our latest podcast guest from Panasonic, a man I happened to talk TV with at this year's ID19 event back in May. So meet Martin Fienrich, as we delve into the world of Ultra HD. So my role in Panasonic is uh, being a manager for standardization new technologies. This means I'm dealing uh, together with my team on all the new technologies, innovations that are about to come in the future of TV. So what are you showcasing here at Industry Days this year? What's Panasonic uh, showcasing? Uh, this year we are showing a very nice and very new technology called HBBTV Operator Apps. That's a very new standard from the HBBTV Association. And uh, this is a really perfect thing because it helps the, um, the content vendors to deliver content really in the way they would like to have it 
on their screen, also with their UIs and with all the behavior around. So usually they deploy a um, hardware, a piece of hardware, a set-top box to the consumers, which means the consumer has to fiddle around with this hardware box, has to connect it, has to have then two remote controls, has to use two remote controls. HBB TV operator app makes all these things redundant and then the TV set behaves like a built-in virtual setup box. So for the consumer, it's much easier. Just um, use the standard TV remote control and you are basically set. Well, that's interesting. So the slogan for this year's Industry Day is a theme is pioneering technology together. So for you, why is it important to have those types of partnership in what you do at Panasonic? Well, simply because the TV business is a complete end-to-end business. So everybody alone can only do parts of innovations. For example, we as manufacturers implement HDR in our TV sets. Um, Of course, there is um, different content, but that's half of the story. So we need the whole end-to-end. Um, a broadcaster needs to prepare for producing HDR or 4K, so Ultra HD content. Um, it needs to be somehow carried to the consumer. Also here, SES uh, comes into play because satellite is one of the dominant ways to bring 4K into the user's home. And uh, finally, it needs to be displayed on a TV set. And uh, this TV set needs to be capable of uh, UHD and HDR. And only if the whole chain works together the consumer at the end has the full UHD HDR experience and that's why it is so important that people come together talk to each other and uh, really um, do some kind of teamwork because otherwise uh, the whole thing won't work and it's also looking beyond the own technology because so I'm from the TV business, but I have learned a lot about the new ways of launching satellites, the new capabilities, the new possibilities of satellites. And also this is, at least for me, a hint that satellite is um, also a very innovative and uh, future-looking business. Because um, satellite, uh, somebody might think, oh, IP might replace everything. But uh, we, have, we have heard a lot of innovations. So satellite is still a very innovative business that also is changing a lot, adapting to the future, adapting to latest technology. And this is also something that is interesting for us as TV manufacturers. There might be interesting ways in future also to cooperate, to deliver TV um, in another way also over satellite, probably with an interesting way of return channel devices getting smaller, antennas getting smaller, a lot of innovations. It's interesting that you were talking about how satellite is often seen as this you know, Stone Age technology and it's being replaced by IP, which it's not the case. And that makes me think a little bit about what you do, because if we backtrack and we go, you know, once upon a time, we had these big brick box TV sets <laughs> in the yes. living room, right? And it would be, you would sit down once a day with your family, maybe after dinner, and the content would be in black and white. And then, you know, we come to today and it's changed significantly. We're talking about, Absolutely. you know, TV screens that are even like wallpaper, right? I mean, it's becoming more and more uh, innovative. Yes. So if we look at where you're coming from in your industry, you've been there for 20 years. How has the TV set changed from, say, 20 years ago to today? Yeah, it changed completely. So in the past, as you rightly said, we had this big old CRT uh, TV boxes in the living room. Is that really what it coming was called? From CRT? CR, yeah. CR. Cassay Ray Tube. 
That's the short form of, um, of the display technology of the past. And it was a very simple and analog device with very limited capabilities. But we ha what we have seen so far over the years is an innovation that is really breathtaking. It's amazing. And we changed completely from analog to digital in all means. So all of the parts have changed and TV have completely changed. We had and still have LCD. Now we are at OLED technology, which is really the very latest, delivering extreme rich, colorful pictures, very contrast-rich pictures, very natural-looking pictures. Also, reception technology changed completely um, from analog to digital in all delivery chains. This means terrestrial, satellite, cable. Everything is digital by today. So the TV set changed completely. There's nothing the same. Plus, on top, we have to also take care of IP delivery, plus a lot of other external sources. So what has happened? The TV set... Uh, converted from a simple um, broadcast receiver into a multimedia device in the user's home that can deal with any kind of on, uh, content that the user has available, be it by the mobile phone, be it from his uh, USB stick, from a USB stick or from SD card, from a photo camera, any kind of content you can imagine is um, the, the content that the consumers wanted to display on a TV set by today. Watch and receive. So it's really the perfect multimedia device or it converted into the perfect multimedia device at home. So the consumer expectations also increased a lot to the TV set. Otherwise, TV would have been probably already disappeared. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because everybody today talks about being able to watch content whenever they want on any device. But the TV is not something from the past. It's becoming ever more important, but we're just not talking about it as much. So what does it mean for an end consumer to have a, a smart TV at home? Because many people will say, oh, I have a smart TV, but yeah. they actually don't realize how much goes into making a smart TV. Well, it, it differs very much. So some people know very well about their devices and they are really uh, buying these smart TVs uh, all already with an intention or with the clear idea in mind that I wanted to receive um, a new kind of service in addition to the broadcast. So it's not that a TV set uh, by today is just ignoring the old media, of course. So linear TV is still watched via the TV set, but also in addition on top, we see services like Netflix, like Amazon, um, YouTube and all this stuff. On the other hand, consumers by themselves, they have a lot of new content sources. They have their mobile phones and all these things. So they know very well that they, knew, that they need a smart TV to do this. And all these things, this is something that the consumer is interested in. And some statistics showing very clearly that consumers want to watch their video-on-demand content, so their non-linear content, and this is basically what, what is happening today. So the complementation of the linear content with non-linear content, be it via IP or whatever, this is really something that is coming into play. You can watch this, of course, on a PC or on a mobile phone. But of course, people enjoy really very much um, to see it on the big screen because the big screen is really the big interesting experience. If I want 
to watch a movie, I want to see it on a big screen. So basically, um, the companies like Netflix and so on are a replacement for the good old video rental store where people have to go, have to rent a video, put the cassette or the DVD, then into the player at home. Now they are doing it via IP. So it's a complementing technology and people know very well about it. And that's a very often the reason why they choose to buy such a TV set. I have to ask, what kind of TV set do you have at home? Panasonic. <laughs> Panasonic. And what capabilities do you have on your TV? Um, frankly speaking, my TV set is a bit older. Um, it's about uh, 10 years old. But uh, of course, in uh, my office or in my lab, I'm surrounded by many latest um, edge technology TV sets. You've given us a really good overview of how things have changed dramatically yes. over the past 20 years. What would you guess the next 10 years looks like? Oh, very, uh, very uh, complicated question. Uh, um, well, looking back, a lot of things happened that nobody expected. Um, so there's a lot of interesting that happened so far. But already looking at what is about to come, we've, we are seeing here already so first ideas of 8K. Uh, Japan is uh, planning to produce the um, uh, Olympics in 2020 for 8K. So this is a great resolution. Then also we see HDR, which is just not uh, being deployed. We see uh, a lot of picture quality innovations that really make people feel even more being in the scene. And this is personally something I would like to really watch, see, uh, want to see in the future. This is something I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, that's really something very, very great. On the other hand, what we will see is that the TV set is becoming more and more also a control part of a smart home. This means as a central multimedia device, another function that is about to come up is um, the control and the handling of all the new IoT devices in the house. This means, um, for example, Uh, closing the shutters, uh, looking at the front door, um, a message while watching, for example, a, a movie, a message on the screen, hey, the washing machine is ready or whatever. So there's a lot of things that TV will become even more a part of the whole um, yeah, new innovative um, house concept, living concept. And this is something uh, we are very much looking forward into it because we expect it will be really one of the, killing, of the killer features for the next times. And what about, if we, if we come back to today, what is holding the industry back? Are there any challenges for you right now? Um, well, a new technology always challenges because when implementing as a manufacturer new technologies, so the technologies are meanwhile quite complex and they are uh, becoming more and more as a manufacturer. It, uh, it is very complicated to develop the technologies, but also testing all these features is really meanwhile a very, very big task for us because especially as an A-brand manufacturer, um, because the expectations from um, end consumers are really quite high. Products from an Abram manufacturer are usually higher priced. This means consumer expectations are high picture quality, very reliable, long-lasting, and, um, of course, a very innovative and seamless and good user interface that finally makes the user able to handle all this new functionality in a very easy way. And so this is really something that keeps um, manufacturers very, very much busy. So would, would it be fair to say that you rely quite heavily on your partners within the industry to, to overcome these challenges because you need to understand the world of IP, the world of satellite, the world of you know, content creation? 
Well, um, on one hand, yes. On the other hand, we really need to have this uh, know-how in-house. This means also all our engineers need to have the know-how to implement all these technologies um, into our TV sets. And that's uh, that's a challenge. On one hand, of course, so communication is already said, is key. So a very close communication to industry partners is key. But finally, a manufacturer has to implement these things by themselves in the TV set. This means we really need very, very good and very skilled engineers to implement these uh, things and finally also to test them to make them really a successful product to be deployed in the market. So what examples do you have of working with creators or broadcasters in moving the industry forwards or you know maybe taking you in a direction you didn't think you would go or surprising um, to you yes um, so one of the um, directions probably is really fostering the way of increasing picture quality so Panasonic is very much known for um, good picture quality and uh, also the collaboration between uh, the content studios. This means also Panasonic is um, partnering with colorists um, in the content producing studios, um, working together to make really even more and better picture quality. So this is something, some innovation that is very much um, from working together. But there are a lot of other items uh, working together with broadcasters or um, working together with uh, satellite operators like uh, SES Astra. So there's a lot of um, innovations all for itself. So this is just an example of uh, a lot of things. So would you say that it's possible that we'll be watching the Japan Olympics in 2020 in 8K? Um, well, in theory, it is possible because they, they will be produced in 8K. Um, but finally, also, it's a matter of uh, worldwide deployment. Who from the broadcasters finally will subscribe to an 8K service and who will deploy it in which region of the world? Um, but at least Japan, uh, for themselves, they said, we will record and um, really live broadcast uh, 8K. And um, yeah, who else will finally use it in the world? We will see. Martin, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Our thanks to Martin. And it really will be super exciting to see how Japan's 2020 Olympics coverage unfolds next summer. More importantly, how many broadcasters might just take up the opportunity to use that 8K feed. Next time on the podcast, we're talking connectivity and a little something we have up our sleeves here at SES that takes bridging the digital divide to the next level. To reach new thresholds of connectivity scale and performance to customers anywhere on the globe. Even in those hard to reach areas like a remote village in Africa or even a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean. Can you imagine what it is for families to leave their family for more than three months? Here we have more than 20 crew members on board of this ship, loading cargo in Panama, coming from everywhere over the globe, shipping on any location in the earth. These kind of solutions, they're great. They just connect them with home. You think of social media nowadays, you think of applications like Facebook and WhatsApp. These guys can use those to be in constant contact with their family whenever they're in downtime. And when they go back, it's like they haven't even been aware. I've been at sea for 18 years. And every night I've been able to read my two and a half year old daughter a bedtime story over Facebook. Subscribe to this series to be notified the moment our next episode is released. Thanks for listening. And for more about what we do, visit SES.com.